we were bored and alone with COVID at play. Nothing to do with our lives through the day. Then we decided to put on a play. Let's try braving the bard. My lord. My lord. What? Oh, what? What happened? You fell asleep during the play. How about a recap? Great idea. Let's recap. So this noble lord decided to play a trick on some drunkard at a bar just for hoots and convinces him he's a lord even though he's totally not. <sighs> Wait a second. Don't interrupt. So they play the prank and get together to watch this big show called The Taming of the Shrew. In Shrew, we meet these three dudes named Lucenzio, Hortensio, and Gremio, and they all want to court this girl, Bianca, but Bianca's dad is super strict and won't let her get married until Bianca's sister does. And this is where it gets interesting. Bianca's sister, Catherine, is insane and basically just super unlikable. Some people are even calling her a shrew. Until this guy, Petruccio, whose BFFs with Hortensio, decides to court Kate to help his bub land Bianca, but wait, there's more! At first, Patricio and Kate don't get along at all, but for some reason she still agrees to get married, but then Patricio forgets her on their wedding day and shows up two hours late and drunk. <sighs> Intermission's almost over. We'll find out the next part, sir. on all tired jades, on all mad masters, and all foul ways. Was ever a man so beaten? Was ever a man so rayed? Was ever a man so weary? I am sent before to make a fire, and they are coming after to warm them. Now were I not a little pot and soon hot, my very lips might freeze to my teeth, my tongue to the roof of my mouth, my heart in my belly, ere I should come by a fire to thaw me. But I, with blowing the fire, shall warm myself, for considering the weather, a taller man than I will take cold. Holla ho, Curtis! Who is that call so coldly? A piece of ice. If thou doubt it, thou mayest slide from my shoulder to my heel with no greater a run but my head and my neck. A fire, good Curtis. My master and his wife coming, Grumio. Oh, I, Curtis, I, and therefore fire, fire cast on no water. Oh, she's so hot a shrew as she's reported. She was, good Curtis, before this frost, but thou knowest winter tames man, woman, and beast, for it hath tamed my old master and my new mistress and myself, fellow Curtis. 
away, you three-inch fool. I am no beast. Am I but three inches? Why, thy horn is a foot, and so long am I at the least. But wilt thou make a fire, or shall I complain on thee to our mistress, whose hand, she being now at hand, thou shalt soon feel to thy cold comfort for being slow in thy hot office? I prithee, good Grumio, tell me, how goes the world? A cold world, Curtis, in every office but thine, and therefore fire. Do thy duty and have thy duty, for my master and mistress are almost frozen to death. Oh, there's fire ready, and therefore, Gagrumio, the news. Why, Jack boy, ho boy, and as much news as wilt thou. Oh, come, you're so full of coney catching. Why, therefore, fire, for I have caught extreme cold. Where's the cook? Is supper ready, the house trimmed, brushes strewed, cobwebs swept, the serving men in their new fustian, their white stockings, and every officer his wedding garment on? Be the jacks fair within, the jills fair without, the carpets laid, and everything in order. All ready. And therefore, I pray thee, news. First, know my horse is tired, my master and mistress fallen out. How? Out of their saddles and into the dirt, and thereby hangs the tail. Well, let's have it, good Grumio. Lend thine ear. Here. There. Oh, this is to feel a tale, not to hear a tale. And therefore tis called a sensible tale. And this cuff was but to knock at your ear and beseech listening. Now I begin. <clears throat> Imprimi. We came down a foul hill. My master riding behind my mistress. Both of one horse? What's that to thee? Why a horse? Tell thou the tale. But hadst thou not crossed me, thou shouldst have heard how her horse fell, and she under her horse. Thou shouldst have heard how in Miria place, how she was bemoiled, how he left her with her horse upon her, how he beat me because her horse stumbled, how she waded through the dirt to pluck him off me, how he swore, how she prayed that never prayed before, how I cried, how the horses ran away, how her bridle was burst, how I lost my crupper, with many things of worthy memory which now shall die in a Oblivion, and now return unexperienced to thy grave. Ugh, by this reckoning, he is more sure than she. Aye, and that thou and the proudest of you all shall find when he comes home. But what talk I of this? Call forth Nathaniel, Joseph, Nicholas, Philip, Walter, Sugarsop, and the rest. Let their heads be slickly combed, their blue coats brushed, and their garters of an indifferent knit. Let them curtsy with their left legs, and not presume to touch a hair of my master's horse tail till they kiss their hands. Are they ready? They are. Call them forth. Do you hear, ho? You must meet my master to countenance my mistress. Welcome home, Grumio. How now, Grumio? What, Grumio? How now, old lad? Welcome you, how now, you, what you, fellow you, and thus much for greeting. Now my spruce companions, is all ready and all things neat? All things is ready. How near is our master? E'en at hand, lighted by this, and therefore be not... Cock's compassion, silence. I hear my master. Where be these knaves? What, no man at door to hold my stirrup nor take my horse? Where's Nathaniel? 
Gregory! Philip! Here, sir. As foolish as I was before. You peasant swain, you whoresome malt-horse drudge! Did I not bid thee meet me in the park and bring along these rascal knaves with thee? Nathaniel's coat, sir, was not fully made, and Gabriel's pumps were all pinked in the heel. There was no link to color Peter's hat, and Walter's dagger uh, was not come from sheathing. There was none fine but Adam, Rafe, and Gregory. The rest were ragged, old, and beggarly. Yet, as they are, here are they come to meet you. Go, rascals, go and fetch my supper in. Where is the life that late I led? Where are those... Sit down, Kate, and welcome. Saud, 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 Saud! Why, when I say... Nay, good sweet Kate, be merry. Off with my boots, you rogues, you villains. When? It was the prayer of order's grave as he forth walked on his way. Oh, oh, oh you plucked my foot, hurray! <laughs> Take that! <laughs> and mend the plucking of the other. Be merry, Kate. Some water here. What ho! Sirrah, get you hence and bid my cousin Ferdinand come hither. One Kate that you must kiss and be acquainted with. Where are my slippers? Shall I have some water? Come, Kate, and wash and welcome heartily. You horse and villain, will you let it fall? Ow! Patience, I pray you. T'was a fault unwilling. Come, Kate, sit down. I know you have a stomach. Will you give it thanks, sweet Kate, or else shall I? What's this? Mutton? Aye. Who brought it? <coughs> Tis burnt, and so is all the meat. What dogs are these? Where is the rascal cook? How durst you villains bring it from the dresser and serve it thus to me that love it not? I pray you, husband, be not so disquiet. The meat was well if you were so contented. There, take it to you, trenchers, cups and all. You heedless joltheads and unmannered slaves. What, do you grumble? I'll be with you straight. Peter, didst ever see the like? He kills her in her own humor. Thus I have politically begun my reign, and tis my hope to end successfully. My falcon now is sharp and passing empty, and till she stoops she must not be full-gorged, for then she never looks upon her lure. Another way I have to man my haggard, to make her come and know her keeper's call. That is to watch her as we watch these kites that bait and beat and will not be obedient. She ate no meat today, nor none shall eat. Last night she slept not, nor tonight she shall not. As with the meat some undeserved fault, I find about the making of the bed, and here I fling the pillow, there the bolster, this way the coverlet, and another way the sheets. Aye, and amid this hurly I intend that all is done in reverend care of her. And in conclusion she shall watch all night, and if she chance to nod I'll rail and brawl, and with the clamor keep her still awake. This is a way to kill a wife with kindness, and thus I'll curb her mad and headstrong humor. 
He that knows better how to tame a shrew, now let him speak, tis charity to shew. Is't possible, friend Lydio, that Mistress Bianca doth fancy any other but Lucenzio? I tell you, sir, she bears me fair in hand. Sir, to satisfy you in what I have said, stand by and mark the manner of his teaching. <clears throat> now, mistress, profit you in what you read? What, master, read you? First resolve me that. I read that I profess the art to love. And may you prove, sir, master of your art. <gasps> Quick, proceeders, marry! Now tell me, I pray, you that durst swear that your mistress Bianca loved none in the world so well as Lucenzio. Oh, despiteful love, unconstant womankind, I tell thee, Litio, this is wonderful. Mistake! <coughs> Mistake no more! I am not Lydio, nor a musician as I seem to be but one that scorned to live in this disguise for such a one as leaves a gentleman and makes a god of such a cullen. No, sir, that I am called Hortensio. <gasps> Signor Hortensio, I have often heard of your entire affection to Bianca, and since mine eyes are witness of her lightness, I will with you, if you be so contented, forswear Bianca and her love forever. See how they kiss and court! <laughs> Signor Lucenzio, here is my hand, and here I firmly vow never to woo her more, but do forswear her as one unworthy all the former favors that I have fondly flattered her withal. And here I take the like unfeigned oath never to marry with her, though she would entreat. Fie on her, see how beastly she doth court him. Oh, if all the world but he had quite forsworn, for me, that I may surely keep mine oath, I will be married to a wealthy widow ere three days pass, which hath as long loved me as I have loved this proud, disdainful, haggard. <laughs> and so farewell, Signor Lucenzio. Kindness in women, not their beauteous looks, shall win my love, and so I take my leave, in resolution as I swore before. <laughs> Mistress Bianca, bless you with such grace as longeth to a lover's blessed case. Nay, I have ta'en you napping, gentle love and have forsworn you with Hortensio. Tranio, you jest. But have you both forsworn me? Mistress, we have. Then we are rid of Lichio. If faith, you'll have a lusty widow now that shall be wooed and wedded in a day. God give him joy. Aye, and he'll tame her. He says so, Tranio. Faith, he is gone unto the taming school. The taming school? What, is there such a place? I, mistress, and Petruchio is the master. 
that teacheth tricks eleven and twenty long to tame a shrew and charm her chattering tongue. Oh, master, master, I have watched so long that I am dog-weary, but at last I spied an ancient angel coming down the hill. Will serve the turn. What is he, Biondello? Master, a marketant or a pedant? I know not what, but formal in apparel and gait in countenance surely like a father. And what of him, Tranio? If he be credulous and trust my tale, I'll make him glad to seem Vincenzio and give assurance to Baptista Minola as if he were the right Vincenzio. Take in your love and then let me alone. you, sir. <clears throat> and you, sir. You are welcome. Travel you far on, or are you at the farthest? Sir, at the farthest for a week or two, but then up farther and as far as Rome, and so for Tripoli, if God lend me life. What countryman, I pray? Of Mantua. Of Mantua, sir. Mari, God forbid! And come to Padua, careless of your life? My life, sir, how I pray, for that goes hard. Tis death for anyone in Mantua to come to Padua. Know you not the cause? Your ships are stayed at Venice, and the duke, for private quarrel twixt your duke and him, hath published and proclaimed it openly. Tis marvel, but that you are newly come, you might have heard it else proclaimed about. Alas, sir, it is worse for me than so, for I have bills for money by exchange from Florence, and must here deliver them. Well, sir, to do you courtesy, this will I do, and this will I advise you. First tell me, have you ever been at Pisa? Ay, sir, in Pisa have I often been, Pisa renowned for grave citizens. Among them know you one Vincenzio? I know him not, but I have heard of him, a merchant of incomparable wealth. He is my father, sir, and sooth to say, in countenance somewhat doth resemble you. As much as an apple doth an oyster, and all one. To save your life in this extremity, this favor will I do you for his sake. And think it not the worst of all your fortunes that you are like to serve Vincenzio. His name and credit shall you undertake, and in my house you shall be friendly lodged. Look that you take upon you as you should. You understand me, sir. So shall you stay till you have done your business in the city. If this be curtsy, sir, accept of it. Oh, sir, I do, and will repute you ever the patron of my life and liberty. Then go with me, to make the matter good. This, by the way, I let you understand. My father is here looked for every day to pass assurance of a dower in marriage twixt me and one Baptista's daughter here. In all these circumstances I'll instruct you. Go with me to clothe you as becomes you. No, no, forsooth, I dare not for my life. 
the more my wrong, the more his spite appears. What, did he marry me to famish me? Beggars that come unto my father's door upon entreaty have a present alms. If not, elsewhere they meet with charity. But I, who never knew how to entreat, nor never needed that I should entreat, am starved for meat, giddy for lack of sleep, with oaths kept waking and with brawling fed, and that which spites me more than all these wants, he does it under name of perfect love. As who should say, if I should sleep or eat, t'were deadly sickness, or else present death? I prithee, go and get me some repast, I care not what, so it be wholesome food. What say you to a neat's foot? Tis passing good, I prithee let me have it. I fear it is too choleric a meat. How say you to a fat tripe finely broiled? I like it well. Good Grumio, fetch it me. I cannot tell, I fear tis choleric. What say you to a piece of beef and mustard? A dish that I do love to feed upon. Aye, but the mustard is too hot a little. Why then the beef, and let the mustard rest. Nay then, I will not. You shall have the mustard, or else you get no beef of Grumio. Then both, or one, or anything thou wilt. Why then the mustard without the beef? Go get thee gone, thou false deluding slave. That feeds me with the very name of meat. Sorrow on thee and all the pack of you that triumph thus upon my misery. Go get thee gone, I say. How fares my Kate? What is sweetening all a mort? Mistress, what cheer? Faith, as cold as can be. Pluck up thy spirits. Look cheerfully upon me. Here, love thou seest how diligent I am. To dress thy meat myself and bring it thee. I am sure, sweet Kate, this kindness merits thanks. What, not a word? Nay then, thou lovest it not. And all my pains assorted to no proof. Here, take away this dish. I pray you, let it stand. The poorest service is repaid with thanks, and so shall mine before you touch the meat. I thank you, sir. Signor Petruchio, fie! You are to blame. Come, Mistress Kate, I'll bear you company. Eat it all up, Hortensio, if thou lovest me. Much good do it unto thy gentle heart. Kate, eat apace. And now, my honey love, will we return unto thy father's house and reveal it as bravely as the best, with silken coats and caps and golden rings, with ruffs and cuffs and farthingales and things, with scarves and fans and double change of bravery, with amber bracelets, beads, and all thy knavery. What hast thou dined? The tailor stays thy leisure to deck thy body with his ruffling treasure. Come, tailor, let us see these ornaments. Lay forth the gown. Oh, mercy God, what masking stuff is here? What's this? A sleeve? Tis like a demi-cannon. What, up and down, carved like an apple tart? Here a snip and nip and cut and slish and slash? Like a censer in a barber's shop. Why, what a devil's name, tailor, callest thou this? I see she's like neither to have cap nor gown. You bid me make it orderly and well, according to the fashion and the time. Mary, and did. But if you be remembered, I did not bid you merit to the time. Go, hop me over every kettle home, for you shall hop without my custom, sir. I'll none of it. 
Hence, make your best of it. I never saw a better fashioned gown. More quaint, more pleasing, nor more commendable. Belike you mean to make a puppet of me. Why true, he means to make a puppet of thee. She says your worship means to make a puppet of her. O oh, monstrous arrogance! Thou liest, thou thread, thou thimble! Thou yard, thou three-quarters, half-yard, quarter-nail! Thou flea, thou knit, thou winter cricket, thou! Braved in mine own house with thine skein of thread! Away, thou rag, thou quantity, thou remnant! Or I shall so be met thee with thy yard, as thou shalt think on pranting whilst thou livest. I tell thee, I, that thou hast mared her gown. Your worship is deceived. The gown is made just as my master had direction. Romeo gave order how it should be done. I gave him no order, I gave him the stuff. But how did you desire it should be made? Mary, sir, with needle and thread. But did you not request to have it cut? Thou hast faced many things. I have. Face not me. Thou hast braved many men, brave not me. I will neither be faced nor braved, I say unto thee. I bid thy master cut out the gown, but I did not bid him cut it to pieces, ergo thou liest. Why, here is the note of the fashion to testify. The note lies in his throat, if he say I said so. Imprimis. A loose-bodied gown. Master, if ever I said loose-bodied gown, sew me in the skirts of it and beat me to death with the bottom of a brown thread. I said a gown. Proceed. With a trunk sleeve. The sleeves curiously cut. Aye, there's the villainy. Error in the bill, sir, error in the bill. I commanded the sleeve should be cut out and sewed up again, and that I'll prove upon thee, though thy little finger be armed in a thimble. This is true that I say, and I had thee in place where thou shouldest know it. I am for thee straight. Take thou the bill and give me thy meat yard and spare me not. God a mercy, Grumio, then he shall have no odds. Well, sir, in brief, the gown is not for me. You are in the right, sir. Tis for my mistress. Hortensio, say that wilt see the tailor paid. Go, take it hence. Be gone and say no more. Tailor, I'll pay thee for thy gown tomorrow. Uh, take no unkindness of his hasty words. Away, I say. Commend me to thy master. Well, come, my Kate. We will unto your fathers. Even in these honest mean habiliments, our purses shall be proud, our garments poor. For tis the mind that makes the body rich. And as the sun breaks through the darkest clouds, so honor peereth in the meanest habit. What, is the jay more precious than the lark because his feathers are more beautiful? Or is the adder better than an eel because his painted skin contents the eye? Oh no, good Kate, neither art thou the worse. For this poor furniture and mean array if thou accountest it shame, lay it on me, and therefore frolic. We will henceforth with to feast and sport us at thy father's house. Go, call my men and let us straight to him. Why so, this gallant will command the sun. Sir, this is the house. Please it you that I call? Ay, 
what else? And but I be deceived, Signor Baptista may remember me. Near twenty years ago in Genoa, where we were lodgers at the Pegasus. Tis well, and hold your own in any case with such austerity as longeth to a father. I warrant you. But, sir, here comes your boy. Twere good he were schooled. Fear you not him. Sirrah Biondello, now do your duty thoroughly, I advise you. Imagine twere the right Vincenzio. Tut, fear not me. But hast thou done thy errand to Baptista? I told him that your father was at Venice, and that you looked for him this day in Padua. Thou art a tall fellow. Hold thee that to drink. Here comes Baptista. Set your countenance, sir. Signor Baptista, you are happily met. Sir, this is the gentleman I told you of. I pray you stand good father to me now. Give me Bianca for my patrimony. Soft son, sir, by your leave, having come to Padua to gather in some debts, my son Lucenzio made me acquainted with a weighty cause of love between your daughter and himself. And for the a good report I hear of you, and for the love he breathed to your daughter, and she to him to stay him not too long. I am content in a good father's care to have him matched, and if you please to like no worse than I, upon some agreement, me shall you find ready and willing with one consent to have her so bestowed, for curious I cannot be with you, Signor Baptista, of whom I hear so well. Sir, pardon me in what I have to say. Your plainness and your shortness please me well. Right true it is, your son Lucenzio here doth love my daughter, and she loveth him, or both dissemble deeply in their affections. And, therefore, if you say no more than this, that like a father you will deal with him, and pass my daughter a sufficient dower, the match is made, and all is done. Your son shall have my daughter with consent. I thank you, sir. Where, then, do you know best we be affide, and such assurance tain as shall with either part's agreement stand? Not in my house, Lucenzio, for you know pitchers have ears, and I have many servants. Besides, old Gremio is hearkening still, and happily we might be interrupted. Then at my lodging, and it like you? There doth my father lie, and there this night will pass the business privately and well. Send for your daughter by your servant here. My boy shall fetch the scrivener presently. The worst is this, that at so slender warning you are like to have a thin and slender pittance. It likes me well. Cambio, hie you home, and bid Bianca make her ready straight. And, if you will, tell what hath happened. Lucenzio's father is arrived in Padua, and how she's like to be Lucenzio's wife. I pray the gods she may, with all my heart. Dally not with the gods, but get thee gone. Signor Baptista, shall I lead the way? Welcome. One mess is like to be your cheer. Come, sir, we will better it in Pisa. Oh, look! Cambio is coming! 
Cambio. What sayest thou, Biondello? You saw my master wink and laugh upon you. Biondello, what of that? Faith, nothing, but has left me here behind to expound the meaning or moral of his signs and tokens. I pray thee, moralize them. Then thus, Baptista is safe talking with the deceiving father of a deceitful son. And what of him? His daughter is to be brought by you to the supper. And then? The old priest at St. Luke's Church is at your command at all hours. And what of all this? I cannot tell. Except, they are bruised about a counterfeit assurance. Take you assurance of her cum privilegio at Imbremidun Saloon. To the church take the priest, clerk, and some sufficient honest witness. If this be not that you look for, I have no more to say. But bid Bianca farewell forever and a day. Hearst thou, Biondello? I cannot tarry. I knew a wench married in an afternoon as she went to the garden for parsley to stuff a rabbit. And so may you, sir, and so adieu, sir. My master hath appointed me to go to St. Luke's to bid the priest be ready to come against you come with your appendix. I may and will, if she be so contented, she will be pleased. Then wherefore should I doubt? Hap what hap may all roundly go about her. It shall go hard if Cambio go without her. Good lord, how bright and goodly shines the moon! The moon? The sun. It is not moonlight now. I say it is the moon that shines so bright. I know it is the sun that shines so bright. Now by my mother's sun, and that's myself, it shall be moon, or star, or what I list, or ere I journey to your father's house. Go on, and fetch our horses back again. Evermore crossed and crossed, nothing but crossed. Oh, say as he says, or we shall never go. Forward, I pray, since we have come so far. And be it moon or sun or what you please, and if you please to call it a rush candle, henceforth I vow it shall be so for me. I say it is the moon. I know it is the moon. Nay, then you lie. It is the blessed sun. Then God be blessed, it is the blessed sun. But sun it is not, when you say it is not, and the moon changes even as your mind. What you will have it named, even that it is, and so it shall be so for Catherine. Well, forward, forward. Thus the bull should run, and not unluckily against the bias, but soft. Company is coming here. Good morrow, gentle mistress. Where away? Tell me, sweet Kate. And tell me truly, too, hast thou beheld a fresher, gentlewoman? Such war of white and red within her cheeks. What stars do spangle heaven with such beauty, as those two eyes become that heavenly face? Fair lovely maid, once more good day to thee. Sweet Kate, embrace her for her beauty's sake. <laughs> he will make the man mad to make a woman of him. 
young budding virgin, fair and fresh and sweet, whither away, or where is thy abode? Happy the parents of so fair a child, happier the man whom favorable stars allots thee for his lovely bedfellow. Why, how now, Kate? I hope thou art not mad. This is a man, old, wrinkled, faded, withered, and not a maiden, as thou sayest he is. Pardon, old father, my mistaking eyes that have been so bedazzled with the sun, that everything I look on seemeth green. Now I perceive thou art a reverend father. Pardon, I pray thee, for my mad mistaking. Do, good old grandsire, and withal make known which way thou travelest. If along with us we shall be joyful of thy company. Fair sure, and you, my merry mistress, that with your strange encounter much amazed me, my name is called Vincenzio, my dwelling Pisa, and bound I am to Padua there to visit a son of mine which long I have not seen. What is his name? Lucenzio, gentle sir. Happily met the happier for thy son, and now by law as well as reverend age, I may entitle thee my loving father, the sister to my wife, this gentlewoman, thy son by this hath married, wonder not, nor be not grieved, she is of good esteem, her dowry wealthy and of worthy birth, besides so qualified as may beseem the spouse of any noble gentleman. Let me embrace with old Vincenzio, and wander we to see thy honest son, who will of thy arrival be full joyous. Uh, but... Is this true, or is it else your pleasure, like pleasant travellers, to break a jest upon the company you overtake? Come, go along and see the truth hereof, for our first merriment hath made thee jealous. Softly and swiftly, sir, for the priest is ready. I marvel Cambio comes not all this while. Sir, here's the door. This is Lucenzio's house. My father's bear more toward the marketplace. Thither I must, and here I leave you, sir. You shall not choose but drink before you go. I think I shall command your welcome here, and by all likelihood some cheer is toward. They're busy within. You are best to knock louder. <laughs> What's he that knocks as he would be down the gate? Is Signor Lucenzio within, sir? He's within, sir, but not to be spoken withal. W what if a man bring him a hundred pound or two to make merry withal? Keep your hundred pounds to yourself. He shall need none so long as I live. Nay, I told you your son was well beloved in Padua. Do you hear, sir? To leave frivolous circumstances, I pray you tell Signor Lucenzio that his father is come from Pisa and is here at the door to speak with him. Thou liest! Art thou his father? Aye, sir, so his mother says if I may believe her. Why, how now, gentlemen? Why, this is flat knavery to take upon another man's name. Lay hands on the villain. I believe he means to cozen somebody in the city under my countenance. I have seen them in the church together. God send them good shipping. But who is here? Mine old master Vincenzio. Now we are undone and brought to nothing. Come hither, crack hemp. 
I hope I may choose, sir. Come hither, you rogue! What have you forgot me? Forgot you? No, sir. I could not forget you, for I never saw you before in all my life. What? You notorious villain! Didst thou never see thy master's face, father? What? My old, worshipful old master? Yes, Mary, sir. See where he looks out of the window. Oh, it's so indeed. Help! 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 Here's a madman will murder me. Prithee, Kate, let's stand aside and see the end of this controversy. Sir, what are you that offered to beat my servant? What am I, sir? Nay, what are you, sir? Oh, immortal gods! Oh, fine villain! A silken doublet, a velvet hose, a scarlet cloak, and a copatan hat. Oh, I am undone. I am undone while I played a good husband at home, my son and my servants, and all at the university. How now? What's the matter? What is the man lunatic? Uh, sir, you seem a sober ancient gentleman by your habit. But your words show you a madman. Why, sir, what cerns it you if I wear pearl and gold? I thank my good father I am able to maintain it. You mistake, sir, you mistake, sir. Pray, what do you think is his name? His name? As if I knew not his name, I have brought him up ever since he was three years old, and his name is Tranio. Away, away, mad ass. His name is Lucenzio, and he's his mine only son, and heir to the lands of me, Signor Vincenzio. Uh, uh, Lucenzio? Oh, he has murdered his master. Lay hold on him, I charge you in the Duke's name. Oh, my son, my son. Tell me, thou villain, where is my son, Lucenzio? Call forth an officer. Carry this mad knave to the jail. Father Baptista, I charge you see that he be forthcoming. Oh, carry me to the jail. Stay, officer. He shall not go to prison. Take heed, Signor Baptista, lest you be cony-catched in this business. I dare swear this is the right Vincenzio. Swear if thou darest. Nay, I dare not swear. Then thou wert best say that I am not Rich? Lucenzio. Yes, I know thee to be Signor Lucenzio. Away with the dotard, to the jail with him. The strangers may be hailed and abused. Oh, monstrous villain. Oh, we are spoiled, and yonder he is. Deny him, forswear him, or else we are all undone. Pardon, sweet father. Lives my sweet son. Pardon, dear father. How hast thou offended? Where is Lucenzio? Here's Lucenzio, right son to the right Vincenzio, that hath by marriage made thy daughter mine, while counterfeit supposes bleared thine eye. Here's packing with a witness to deceive us all. Where is that damned villain Tranio, that faced and braved me in this matter so? Why, tell me, is not this my cambio? 
Cambio is changed into Lucentio. Love wrought these miracles. Bianca's love made me exchange my state with Tranio, while he did bear my countenance in the town, and happily I have arrived at the last um, unto the wished heaven of my bliss. What Tranio did, myself enforced him to. Then pardon him, sweet father, for my sake. Fear not, Baptista. We will content you. Go to. But I will in to be revenged for this villainy. And I to sound the depth of this knavery. Husband, let's follow to see the end of this ado. First, kiss me, Kate. And we will. What, in the midst of the street? What, art thou ashamed of me? No, sir, God forbid, but ashamed to kiss. Why, then let's go home again. Come, sirrah, let's away. Nay, I will give thee a kiss. Now pray thee, love, stay. Is this not well? Come, my sweet Kate. Better once than never, for never too late. jarring notes agree and time it is when raging war is done to smile at scapes and perils overblown my fair bianca bid my father welcome while i with self-same kindness welcome thine brother petruchio sister caterina and thou hortensio with thy loving widow feast with the best and welcome to my house my banquet is to close our stomachs up after our great good cheer Pray you sit down, for now we sit to chat as well as eat. Nothing but sit and sit and eat and eat. Padua affords this kindness, son Petruchio. Oh, Padua affords nothing but what is kind. <laughs> for both our sakes, I would that word were true. Now for my life, Hortensio fears his widow. Then never trust me if I be afeard. You are very sensible, and yet you miss my sense. I mean, Hortensio is afraid of you. He that is giddy thinks the world turns round. Roundly replied. Mistress, how you mean that? Thus I conceive by him. Conceives by me? How likes Hortensio that? My widow says, and thus she conceives her tale. Very well mended. Kiss him for that good widow. He that is giddy thinks the world turns round. I pray you tell me what you meant by that. Your husband being troubled with a shrew measures my husband's sorrow by his woe. And now you know my meaning. A very mean meaning. Right, I mean you. And I am mean indeed respecting you. To her, Kate. To her, widow! A hundred marks my Kate does put her down. Oh, that's my office. How likes Gremio these quick-witted folks? Believe me, sir, they butt together well. Head and butt. 
and hasty-witted body would say your head and butt were head and horn. I, Mr. Spride, hath that awakened you? Aye, but not frighted me. Therefore, I'll sleep again. Nay, you shall not. Am I your bird? I mean to shift my bush and then pursue me as you draw your bow. You are welcome all. She hath prevented me. Here, Signor Tranio, this bird you aimed at, though you hit her not. Therefore a health to all that shot and missed. Oh, Sir Lucenzio slipped me like his greyhound, which runs himself and catches for his master. A good swift smile, but something currish. Tis well, sir, that you hunted for yourself. Tis thought your deer does hold you at bay. Oh, oh, Petruchio, Tyrannio hits you now. <laughs> confess, confess, hath he not hit you here? He has a little galled me, I confess. And as the jest did glance away from me, tis ten to one it maimed you two outright. Now, in good sadness, son Petruchio, I think thou hast the veriest shrew of all. Well, I say no, and therefore, for assurance... Let's each one send unto his wife, and he whose wife is most obedient to come at first when he doth send for her, shall win the wager which we shall propose. Oh, content, what is the wager? Twenty crowns, eh? I'll venture so much of my hawk or hound, but twenty times much upon my wife. A hundred, then. Content. A match! Ha <laughs> Tis done! Who shall begin? That will I. Go, Biondello, bid your mistress come to me. I go. I'll have no halves. I'll bear it all myself. How now? What news? Sir, my mistress sends you word that she is busy and she cannot come. How? She's busy and she cannot come? Is that an answer? I and a kind one too. Pray God, sir, your wife send you not a worse. I hope better. Sirrah Biandello, go and entreat. My wife to come to me forthwith. Oho! Entreat her. Nay, then she must needs come. Well, I am afraid, sir. Do what you can. Yours will not be entreated. Where is my wife? She says you have some goodly jest in hand. She will not come. She bids you come to her. Worse and worse. She will not come. Oh, vile, intolerable, not to be endured. Sirrah Grumio, go to your mistress. Say, I command her to come to me. I know her answer. What? She will not. Now, by my holidom, here comes Katharina. What is your will, sir, that you send for me? Where is your sister and Hortensio's wife? They sit conferring by the parlor fire. Go fetch them hither. If they deny to come, Swinge them soundly forth unto their husbands. Away, I say, and bring them hither straight. Here is a wonder if you talk of a wonder. Merry, peace it bodes, and love and quiet life. An awful rule and right supremacy. And, to be short, what not that's sweet and happy. Now, fair befall thee, good Petruchio. The wager thou hast won... And I will add unto their losses twenty thousand crowns, another dowry to another daughter. 
for she is changed as she had never been. Nay, I will win my wager better yet, and show more sign of her obedience, her new-built virtue and obedience. <laughs> See where she comes, and brings your froward wives as prisoners to her womanly persuasion. Lord, let me never have a cause to sigh till I be brought to such a silly pass. Fie, what a foolish duty call you this? I would your duty were as foolish too. The wisdom of your duty, fair Bianca, hath cost me a hundred crowns since supper time. The more fool for you laying on my duty. Catherine, I charge thee tell these headstrong women what duties they do owe their lords and husbands. Fie, fie! Unknit that threatening, unkind brow, and dart not scornful glances from those eyes, to wound thy lord, thy king, thy governor. It blots thy beauty as frosts do bite the meads, confounds thy fame as whirlwinds shake fair buds, and in no sense is meet or amiable. A woman moved is like a fountain troubled, Muddy, ill-seeming, thick, bereft of beauty, and while it is so, none so dry or thirsty will deign to sip or touch one drop of it. Thy husband is thy lord, thy life, thy keeper, thy head, thy sovereign, one that cares for thee, and for thy maintenance commits his body to painful labor, both by sea and land, to watch the night in storms, the day in cold, while thou liest warm at home, secure and safe, and craves no other tribute at thy hands but love, fair looks, and true obedience. Too little payment for so great a debt. Such duty as the subject owes the prince, even such a woman oweth to her husband, and when she is froward, peevish, sullen, sour, and not obedient to his honest will, what is she but a foul contending rebel and graceless traitor to her loving lord? I am ashamed that women are so simple, to offer war where they should kneel for peace, or seek for rule, supremacy, and sway, when they are bound to serve, love, and obey. Why are our bodies soft and weak and smooth, unapt to toil and trouble in the world, but that our soft conditions and our hearts should well agree with our external parts? Come, come, you froward and unable worms! My mind hath been as big as one of yours my heart as great, my reason haply more, to bandy word for word and frown for frown. But now I see our lances are but straws, our strength as weak, our weakness past compare, that seeming to be most, which we indeed least are. Then veil your stomachs, for it is no boot, and place your hands below your husband's foot, in token of which duty, if he please, my hand is ready. May it do him ease. Come, Kate, will to bed. We three are married, but you two are sped. Twas I won the wager, though you hit the white. And being a winner, God give you good night. Mm -hmm.